time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Greetings, listeners, and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast in this beautiful new year of 2021. It's already our second episode. We are firing at all cylinders this year. What a decade it's been already, these last five days. Um, I am Sean, and here tonight with me is Ryan Davis, who's my brother. Ta-da! And Matt Chewy, who's not my brother. Oh, well, okay. Not biologically. All right. I'll take that. (laughs) Yes, I'm here. Hello. Um, How's everyone doing tonight? Well, you know, we're (laughs) just hanging out. It's a trick question because I know how you're doing. You just told me a couple hours ago when we did our solo episode. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, everyone go listen to our review of the Pixar film Soul. should be up now. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that after listening to this one. But tonight, we are going to be, t- on this episode, the one that you're listening to right now, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 84, or Wonder Woman 1984, or World War 84. I don't know what it is, one of those. Um, and because we had uh, Chunk Fire stories in our soul episode and it has been five minutes since we stopped recording that episode we haven't had much time to experience new stories so there will be no chunk fires tonight wait 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 i have Sorry. a chunk fire development oh okay i just ate two uh of those cracker sandwiches you know the ones that are bright orange um and uh, nope. you know it's got like some kind of goo in the middle oh like peanut butter well yeah, i mean it was either peanut butter or cheese but i can't tell because it wasn't the color of either of them and it didn't taste like either of them. So, you know, I suspect that they better. just have a vat of goo that they dye whatever color they need to and adjust the amount of sugar and salt in it. Anyway, that it's was my like chunk fire the, uh, story. Yeah, Duff Brewery, if you want a tube that goes to Duff Light and Duff Regular, and it's just the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Simpsons reference that I get now. I'm part <laughs> the of the can cool be explained. Club. Exactly. Um, just get used to more Simpsons references now that you're aware, Chewy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um but if you want to hear more about my stories, again, go watch the soul. Listen to the soul <laughs> episodes. Episode. The we're a bunch of soul men. Stop. So <laughs> uh, it'll be funnier for listeners if you listen to our other episode. Um anyways, uh Wonder Woman, yeah. So let's talk about Wonder Woman. And before we talk about it, spoilers for Wonder Woman eighty four. Um and Chewy. You're going to take us through what happened in this cinematic at-home, we-watched-it-at-home movie. That I am. All right. So it's 1984 now, and Wonder Woman is living on Earth in 1984. <laughs> and she's doing some heroics. She's going around places and saving people and being a superhero. Um, uh even though the Zack Snyder DC movie said that she's been in hiding and no one's seen her for a, a, a century, um, she's going around in her costume, she's saving people, and um, is somehow always there um, when they need help. Uh, so she's doing that, and then also she's working at the Smithsonian in DC, so it takes place in DC, that's fun. Um, and there's 
there's a there's a there's a heist at a jewelry store, which is all the secretly a cover up front for uh, an ancient artifacts stolen ancient artifacts selling ring thing. Anyway, there's a magic rock. We don't know it's magic at this point, but it's recovered. It's get it's taken back to the Smithsonian, and she works with Kristen Wiig there, and uh, she's basically. Um, uh, Poison Ivy from Batman Return, Batman uh, and Robin, but before she turns into Poison Ivy, and uh, and they like the rock, and they look at the rock, and it's a magic rock, and it's a wishing rock. So, um, so 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 Kristen Wiig is awkward and weird, and Wonder Woman is cool, and Kristen Wiig wishes that she could be more like Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman wishes that Chris Pine will be alive again. Uh, so then, uh, then they are, and um, Chris Pine is back, but he is, doesn't look like Chris Pine, only to her and to us. But he's actually the ghost of of Chris Pine in some other dude's body. More on that later. Um, so then he's back, and then there, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, is in here, and he has a fake oil drilling company that he's trying to start. And he was the one behind trying to steal the wishing stone, and he's, he wishes to be the wishing stone. So now he's the wishing stone, and he spends a lot of the movie trying to get people to tell him his wishes, so that their wishes will come true. And um, and and it, 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 like I, I, there's a plan. He has, he's got a plan. Um, and, and meanwhile, um, Kristen Wiig is, uh, she's, uh, she's strong now and she's cool now and, she, um, she looks exactly the same, but she's wearing different clothes. So everybody finds her attractive now. And she took off her glasses. And she Don't took off her glasses because like Spider-Man, she doesn't need him anymore. She, she can see now. She doesn't need her glasses. So, uh, anyway, so they're investigating it and they find out it's the soul stone Soul Stone, the Infinity Stone, the Wishing Stone. Soul Stone. God, dang it! I should have used that. Dang it! Yeah, you could have. Um, so they got to stop Pedro Pascal, the guy from from doing the thing. Well, meanwhile, uh, Chris Pine in some other dude's body is experiencing the '80s. Fish out of water. It's all a reverse of the first Wonder Woman. He's he's the fish out of water now, and she's the one that knows the current era. So you know that happens, and then. Um, and Pedro Pascal goes crazy, and um, makes a bunch of nukes appear, and then, and then, and they gotta stop him. So the in order only way to stop him is to destroy him or to renounce your wish. And they everybody's gotta renounce their wish. Oh, also he goes on TV using a, a satellite that Ronald Reagan built himself with his hands, and um, tries to get the whole world to wish to destabilize everything. Um, and Kristen Wiig is like, no, I like being um, a person that doesn't wear glasses anymore. Uh, so um, I'm not going to let you stop him, Wonder Woman. I'm going to stop you from stopping him. And so then now she's a bad guy, too. And then, um, but Wonder Woman says, no, I'm going to stop him anyway. So they fly their invisible jet in one scene, which she has now. Um, and then they go to stop him. And then um, Kristen Wiig wishes to be an apex predator. And she turns into a cheetah, um, a cheetah hybrid. Awful. She looks. She's like. Uh, imagine the movie Cats. So she's that. 
Um, but but <laughs> just imagine but a movie. The yeah. movie Cats. Picture any of the horrible cats from the movie Cats, but also is strong and mean. Um, so Wonder Woman has to fight Cat Kristen Wiig, and then um, and then Pedro Pascal, Pascal stands in a blue tube of light, and then something happens, and then um, and then Chris Pine flies away. <laughs> you think that happened way earlier? Yeah, the end. That was Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 90% credit. Thank, you know what? It's an A-. I'll take it. That's, that's the best I can hope for. <laughs> anyway, what do um, you all think of this movie? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, boy. I have a lot of thoughts. So, I'm going to be bold and say this is my favorite film of all time. Whoa. Uh, that's not true. Um... I do like this movie, though, and I don't like it in the way you like a good movie. I like it in the way you, like, I don't know how to describe it. I just, it, 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 it entertained me, and I liked a lot of it, and it was stupid for so much of it that didn't make any sense. But there was so much that was so weird about this movie. Mm. Just, like, so weird that I could not help but just enjoy those parts. I like the second half more than the first half, especially the third act. Well, some parts in the third act I didn't. But um, uh, Pedro Pascal is so glorious. I loved him so much in this movie. Um, I liked a lot of the messaging, even if it was ham-fisted and didn't actually make sense for a lot of it. I don't know. There, there's so I have so many thoughts on this movie. I and in terms of the DC films, it's actually pretty high up in my rankings. Hmm. Okay, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, it's, this so for this movie, despite the fact that it's two and a half hours of mostly nothing happening, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. it was a lot of nothing that I I I, I ultimately did enjoy. It was okay, but it similar to Sean. Like, there's a lot of this movie where I'm yelling at the TV. I'm alone in my condo, and I'm I'm yelling at the TV <laughs> about what's going on in this movie. Um, I had to rewind the movie multiple times to figure out what was going on, which I never do. Um, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I wasn't keeping up. But the some of the best parts of the movie were the, some of the worst parts. Like, I l- love Kristen Wiig. I love Gal Gadot. But they were the most underutilized parts of the movie, and I'm like, yeah. I, every time they're on screen, I was like, yes, they're amazing. But but can you do something? Can you just say <laughs> right, some lines? Right. Chris, just just tell Kristen Wiig to just like ad lib, just just go crazy, just do whatever you want, be weird, because it kind of felt like Pedro Pascal was doing that, because mm-hmm. he was a freaking just being bonkers the whole time, and I loved it. Um, in fact, Sean, I was sending you screenshots of yes. me taking pictures of. <laughs> Of, of my TV, of Pedro Pascal just being weird, and I'm like, what is going on in this movie? And, and I'm, la- I'm laughing, but I'm also, like, just confused. Anyway, I just sent a, um, a, a little clip there for you, Matt, because I, I shared it with Sean, but I didn't send it to you. Um, but that summarizes my enjoyment, and this is a picture of Pedro Pascal hugging um, uh, Baby Yoda but it's from Wonder Woman 84. Okay. Um, well, I... Uh... 
I don't have a lot of good things to say about this movie. Um, despite that, I kind of just did still enjoy it. <laughs> um, at least until I didn't anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I am pretty mixed on it. I, I liked a lot of it. Uh, Ryan, what you're saying, I, I liked Kristen Wiig in this movie. I wanted more of her. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, not so much on Gal Gadot. I think that I'm starting to feel at this point that she was miscast as Wonder Woman. I just don't feel like she emotes enough. And is it Gadot? I've been saying Gadot. Gadot. I don't know. Whichever. I'm not sure. I just, I feel I'm starting to get the sense that maybe she was somewhat miscast here. I uh, just feel I want a little bit more energy out of her. It feels flat, but um. Yeah, there was a lot of wacky stuff in this movie, and I had to appreciate it for just how wacky it got at certain times, but um, it also had a lot happening, and also not a lot happening. <laughs> I, I mean, right. I don't know how to say it better. Um, I, well, I, No, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yeah, That's, yeah, it yeah, totally makes sense. And, and just a, a note on her casting, if, if it weren't for what I felt was a charismatic... Um, delivery in the first Wonder Woman, I think I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to choose at this time to blame the writing. Right. Um, but, you know, pending a third movie, you you may very well be correct. Well, that's interesting because uh, Patty Jenkins directed both movies, but she only wrote this one. Yeah. So, okay. um, so that could have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I think... I mean, it's Wonder Woman was so weirdly introduced as a character, like just like in Batman versus Superman. Hey, here I am. I'm a character. And then, oh wait, I guess there's this character now, so we better address that. And um, and I I don't know. I just felt like, I just feel like this is the point where I'm realizing, yeah, I don't know. They, you know, I I did really like the first one a lot, but I feel like. You know, that wasn't because of her specifically, her acting. I think mm. it was a, a greater, more going on there. Um, so, anyway. So, I, I mean, ultimately, I, I mean, like I said, I did enjoy it, but I, f- I, I, it's it's super mixed. Like, there's parts I liked, but overall, I don't think the movie works. I think it's a huge mess. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it. I think if I were to do a repeat viewing, I think those things think the problems I, ha- I had with it would stand out more and probably were not f- a favorable it would be not a, a non-favorable second viewing mm-hmm. I, I agree so 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 when i watched it the first time i actually it was it, we i watched it with my parents on like christmas night i think it was pretty late and i fell asleep in the middle of it and i fell asleep when they got to egypt and so i missed that whole action scene which and so then i woke up in the second half of the movie and when everything was going crazy and I just like woke up, I'm like, well, I, I don't know what's happening, but I assume the film has explained what's happening. And I just fell asleep to that part. And so then I watched the movie, but I was like, I need to watch that movie again. So, so then a couple of days later, I watched it again. Um, and, uh, it's funny because that action scene in the middle is I, I thought, I love that action scene. I thought that was a really good action scene in Egypt, the car chase stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry I missed it the first time. Also, I, it does not make any sense. I did not miss anything. So that was a, a like, <laughs> no, oh, okay. Um, but I thought I wasn't going to like it as much. This is a second time as well. But it, it does not explain anything really. Like, it's not like all of a sudden you watch it the second time and it's like, oh, yeah, this is a perfectly sound. It's a real tight, straight-laced movie. Not at all. But there were more things that I was surprised. Like, oh, okay, I kind of understand a little bit more of what 
the aim was now. I can't say I like liked it more on the second viewing, but I didn't dislike it more, and I think it helped fill in the gaps for me. Well, obviously, because I fell asleep during that one scene. But... <laughs> Seeing parts of the movie that you had previously not seen filled in yes, the gaps. Yes, it helped fill in the gaps. It so helps. I recommend, if you ever fall asleep during a movie, watch it again. Um... But what I mean is things like the uh, the dream stone or the witch stone stuff. Not that that makes any sense at all, but on second viewing, it made a little bit more sense. Okay, but still not any sense at all. No. I mean, <laughs> not any less sense well, than an infinity stone. Well, okay, less well, so sense than mean... an infinity stone, but not so, okay, that what... much less sense. When you say make sense or not make sense, are you referring to, like... The way it operates when no, I don't care. Out. It's a thing, and it grants wishes. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I, I mean that. I'm I just that. that's fine. It's a black box. I, yeah. The whole the way the sacrifice works mm-hmm. and how that led to okay. The so that is I, I don't my, understand yeah. that. So this is one of my biggest. Like I said, there's so much that doesn't make sense in this film. So I both am just constantly thinking of ways it doesn't make sense and how stupid this film is. But like I said, I'm of two minds. Where I also love it. But one of the things that I doesn't make sense is it's not just that I don't understand the sacrifice thing, but they keep mentioning monkey the, the monkey's paw curse and stuff. Which okay, that's fine, but I don't think they understand what a monkey's paw is. No. Because like in traditional yeah. film or the monkey's paw curses, you at, you wish for something, but it's like a perverted version of that wish. So you like, I have a monkey's paw, I wish for a million bucks, and then whatever, the entire global economy collapses and money inflates, and now everyone has a million bucks. I got my wish, but at what cost, right? right? But you know, you kind of well, get the sense. That's yeah, one example. Better, that's a weird, I'm, wacky example. Well, that, I mean, I think there is a monkey's paw story, or at least from what I read, but you get the million dollars because you inherited it because your parents Or died. someone died. Yeah, right, whatever. There's right. a there's a cost to it in a way you don't expect or, you know, yeah. whatever it means, right? That that's that's what a monkey's paw implies. Or that's what that that's what it means when someone says a monkey's paw. But in this movie, they're like they ca- they keep talking about monkey's paw, but there's no like I wish for, you know, whatever. I wish to have a million dollars and then just like someone dies around the world like that's that's not a like right. oh you you got what come to you like how, they're not connected that how right. you just like had a random punishment or something randomly bad happened because of your wish right there's, there's not really a connection there i mean yeah we spent 20 to 30 minutes at the beginning having an extended um uh flashback of the wonder woman olympics only for her to learn, like, yeah. there's no shortcuts. You gotta do things legit. You gotta be... And Honestly, then, yeah. And then you wanna do a monkey paw story, but you, you need you really need to drive home to the audience the costs. And I felt like I was just confused by the costs. Yeah, it was so confusing. I was just confused by, like, you know, and it, it, what makes it even more confusing is, like, in the first act, when they're making their initial wishes, when Wonder Woman and Kristen Wiig is, like, okay, but they don't take effect right away... And it's not yeah. very evident to the audience what they lost because of it. And it, mm-hmm. and so the message gets muddled. And then it makes yeah. me feel like I wasted even more time watching that extended action scene at the beginning of the movie. Um, which, you know, could have been a quarter of the length and still gotten the same point across. But right. um, That was a, a lengthy scene. I mean, I, I enjoyed the scene, but, I mean, gosh, this movie was long. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's way too long. Way too long. Right, it's so a, I was... Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that, Matt. I was I was going to save that kind of for the end, but um, since you brought it up now, so, you know, so th- she learns the lesson that she's supposed to learn at the end of the movie, right? So, you, if if something's worth obtaining, it's worth obtaining honestly. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's something like that, right? Yes. Well, if that's the message to Wonder Woman, I, I don't think that lesson applies. Because when she made her wish, she made it unknowingly. Yeah, right. So in order for that message to have meaning, it has to be done with intention, which it was not. Right. Yeah, that's very true. And on the flip side... Furthermore... Oh, go ahead. I mean, there, even yeah, Kristen well, Wiig, too. She didn't, right? Exactly. Two of those, of the two, I guess, critical wishes were made unintentionally. Mm-hmm. So it, it really softens any kind of impact. Now, okay, you might say, well, she eventually did understand that she made a wish and that there were consequences to those wishes, right? And the consequence for Wonder Woman is that she starts losing her powers. I, I'm not sure how those are connected, yeah. going back to what Sean said, but they are. And so for her to get her powers back, she has to give up Chris Pine. Right, which is not right. entirely established as the... Yeah, okay. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, that is what it, it is, but it's so unclear. Yeah. It is unclear. However, let's go back to that first lesson. Anything worth obtaining is worth obtaining honestly. Okay, she can't bring Chris Pine back to life honestly. <laughs> there is no honest yeah. or legitimate mechanism yeah. in which she can make that happen. So th- the message is completely destroyed. Furthermore, shouldn't the cost that Chris Pine and Wonder and Deanna are debating is the fact that they stole another man's oh, life. Thank you. I've been waiting to talk about this. And they, they're they dressing up in 80s outfits and another man's body. They've displaced his soul. I mean, Go watch what, our I, soul like, review this was something of Pixar's. I mean, was what happened to that guy's consciousness? Right, yeah. Is he? Is it like a, a, a get-out situation? Is he stuck in the, the sunken place? In the sunken place? <laughs> um, did he go to... Is it a soul situation? Did he go to the afterlife? Um, is he dead? Or is he just... And, are they both in there? Um, and why that guy? Also, like, what, a, not, you, what you, was you, about him? You mentioned that him, like, her dressing him up in, like, a different body... But, like, before that, I think the first thing they do when they go home is have sex. Like, that's troubling. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird well, things about the body switching. This is why it's so weird is because all of this stuff is hugely just problematic so, so, just from a story standpoint, not to mention the yes. implications of it. But right. the biggest the biggest weirdness of it all, the biggest mystery of it all is why they chose to do it when there's absolutely no reason they couldn't have just brought Chris Pine back as himself. Mm-hmm. Why did they have to have him inhabit a body? It added nothing to anything in the story. Every single beat could have played out almost the exact same if it's just all of a sudden Chris Pine yeah. is back. Right. And then Why did they have to have this possessed I don't understand. Thing. And then she runs into the original dude who he, pos- he possessed at the end at the ice skating rink. Yeah. And they have a right. weird conversation that doesn't mean anything because she never met that <laughs> dude. And also, when she looked at Chris Pine in his body, she saw Chris Pine, not that dude. So, why... Would she even know who it was? Yeah, would she know who <laughs> yeah. it was? And if she did, why would it matter? Why would that conversation mean anything? So, I have I have a couple theories on that. Okay. Yeah. And, and it kind of speaks to some of the thematic stuff, too, which, which I liked. But originally, this movie was supposed to come out in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. And my theory, unfounded by anything at all, is that this was clearly a very, very specific message uh, 
not to get political, but a political message, especially the end when she's looking straight at the camera and talking to the audience, um, because it was happening before November 3rd, 2020. But then they're like, oh no, wait, it's going to come out during Christmas time. Let's film a Christmas shot to end the movie. And Uh, I feel like they, I feel like they filmed that scene afterwards. You know, they, because all they had to do I, was, I still don't know why that guy's there. All, all, but. <laughs> all they had to do was CGI some Christmas decorations and a couple scenes. That's all they had to do. They didn't need to film yeah, quite a scene that didn't be, mean anything and just made things confusing. I, 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 don't I mean, the, whether or not I succeeded, it didn't. It, the point of that scene was just to give her some kind of closure, right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess, yeah. It, I don't know how that would have done that, but that was supposed to be, I think, the character or the emotional beat for her. But um, just one quick last point, because I acknowledge a lot of what we're dissecting here it isn't right. It doesn't need to make sense in some circumstances. Yeah, I'm okay it with it undercuts, not making sense. Yeah, it undercuts the message or the yes story. Then, then it matters. And, and yeah. here's where I think it really matters. Where okay, let's say Deanna gets her wish. Okay, she makes that wish, but the wishing stone never falls into Pedro's hands. Mm-hmm. That means she gets to live with Chris Pine having essentially stolen someone's body, whatever, right? But And we can sort of gloss over the, metic- the nitty-gritties of what implications of what that means. But in terms of the message and the lesson she's supposed to learn, the only reason she sacrifices Chris Pine is because there's a bigger, big bad she has to go defeat. Mm-hmm. And to do mm-hmm. that, she needs her powers to do that. She needs a means to achieve her ends. Yep. Bam. Drop the mic. And that's why it doesn't work. Yep. It doesn't. And she would have yeah. just, she would have just kept living with Chris Kept Pine right on living a, a lie. And never learned the lesson from the 20 minute long opening. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, that all, all that being said, I love Chris Pine and I thought I liked him in this movie. Yeah. So part <laughs> of me too. is just like, I guess I'm thinking like a C, like a film executive where it's like, we got to get Chris Pine in there. I don't care how you do it, but we're going to have these really weird moral implications if we bring him back and it doesn't make sense to the story. And he ultimately, he's just going to disappear again. Anyway, I don't care. Put him in this movie. Okay. That's kind of what it felt like, mm-hmm. but I'm happy he was in this movie. Cause I thought like, yeah, no, he's Chris fantastic. Pine is great, he's great. So he's always great. And like, he he does not need to be in this movie plot wise at all. Like I don't know. I, I guess he does need to for Diana's character. I guess. I disagree. I, <sighs> I think I think all the time spent Diana and um, Kristen Wiig spent together. I those were some of my favorite parts of the movie. Just them. Well, that brings up to another point. I don't know if Cheetah needed to be in this movie. Well, I mean, yeah, take her out. It's the same movie. But I mean, it, it feels like Spider Man Three. And I mean, you know. Well, it's interesting you brought that up. I I was watching it and thought it felt like it felt like a Raimi superhero movie, the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it definitely feels very far removed from the earlier the Zack snyder stuff. And I was... That's, but that's was, a good thing for yeah, me. It's a good thing. Um, and I was really enjoying the tone. I loved the heists, the mall scenes. I loved the, her saving the day and the, the bit where she saves the girl by throwing into, her into a gigantic teddy bear. Like, I love all of that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun. This is Wonder Woman, you know. Yeah. And that's why I said earlier I liked the movie until I didn't. Because um, mm. I feel like it very quickly unraveled once the logistics of the plot started to matter. 
and you realize mm-hmm. there were no logistics and nothing really did make sense. So I got it. That all became way too distracting for me to be able to enjoy some of the parts that were just fun, enjoyable things. I mean, another thing, and so like I said, there's a lot about this that I liked message wise, but maybe it's not message wise that I liked. I think maybe some of just like the commentary is what I actually liked. Um, but because the message, like I get it, that obviously, yeah, the you know the truth is, you know, a wish, yeah, blah blah, you get all that stuff. But but it's also kind of like I don't know. I'm of two minds about this too because it's like okay. Great. The really rich, immortal, attractive person is telling people, you just got to do with what you are, be who you are, live with what you're dealt. It's like, oh, how convenient for you. (laughs) I was born as a paraplegic with, you know, like skin cancer and I'm going to have two years to live. Well, you're beautiful, too. Like, am I? Am I really, though? Like, I, I can't wish for this away. You're telling me that's lying. That's cheating. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Like, that. it's just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, it's very cynical take. That's a very, very cynical, dark, dumb, stupid take. But part of me is just like, and, and the reason I bring it up is because it comes up with Kristen Wiig. That's kind of the relationship. And... And I like that dynamic. I really like, I wish they went further with it. I wish they explored more of it because when Kristen Wiig starts getting popular, okay, whatever, that's a little cliche, but we get it. But before that, when she is being like patronized by Diana and other people, it's like, yeah, Diana, you are kind of being not cool. Like you're ignoring her. And, and then when she's flirting with Pedro Pascal, Diana walks in all judgmental. Like, why, what's, what's the matter? Why can't I flirt with this guy who's clearly into me and I'm clearly into him? At that point, Diana has no idea who she, he is in terms of like him wanting a dreamstone and being a right. maniacal, right? He, she just thinks he's a whatever, an eighties guy, but she's just like immediately disproves and being really condescending to this guy. Like, 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 come on, Diana. What? Like that, like, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's she's like a bad friend. Me. She's a bad friend. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, you just have to be yourself. You were so happy, Kristen Wiig. No, she wasn't. Were you not paying attention? She wasn't happy. She was alone and no one liked her and thought she was a weirdo. And now she's not because of very superficial things. Like, I I, I get that that's not quite what they're going for, but it was hard for me not to have those thoughts in a lot of these cases. I mean, I think that's valid because, like, what's the heart of this movie? I mean... I think Ryan, you said, the, or one of you said that you could take uh, Cheetah out of this movie and it wouldn't really matter. But I kind of, for me, that's the part that I emotionally latched onto very early in the movie. Sure, I would rather, yeah, I, I mean, just like story wise, yeah, story wise, yeah. sure. But I would rather throw out Chris Pine's character entirely and give all that screen time to Kristen Wiig. And because mm-hmm. isn't she, isn't Cheetah supposed to be like Wonder Woman's Joker? Like that's her. Like she's like her nemesis. Yeah. yeah. Like what? <laughs> no, well, is... then I really feel like having a story where they're really good friends for a while, but then that friendship yeah. is based on lies and it complicates things. And I, you know, I feel like that would have been a much better emotional core for this movie than bringing Chris Pine back. I mean, we already did that. We, we already did that. And then when he comes back, all the jokes, yeah. all the shtick, all the fish out of water stuff, it's just recycled from the first movie, essentially, you know, yeah. just putting clothes on. And it's like, okay, we, we did that already. Give me something. That's a good point. You know, and, and I would much Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. mean, like I, I said, if that, it actually. wasn't for Chris Pine, if it wasn't Chris Pine, I would probably be much more, like, um, critical of it and much more disliking of it. 
and, and and that that's not an excuse necessarily, but it's just because he's so good. Well, it's charm. It's the it's charm. charm. I mean, the scene when he she wakes up and he's and he's like has a pop tart in his mouth and he's like, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. oh my god, it's so I sent, great. <laughs> I, I sent that clip to Sean too of where he's like this eating a pop tart and he and she wakes up. It's a hilarious scene. Why was that yeah. scene in the movie? But there's yeah, just like these random like bits that. that are so bizarre that kind of yeah. And those are the moments that like endear me. It's like man, this yes. mo- there's so many like of these little nuggets. Of just like just and and like I said, go, touching on which we haven't talked too much, but Pedro Pascal. Every time he's on screen, he is it's so, so just like bizarre and captivating. I love he's so he, and he he doesn't at least to me he doesn't fall into the the trap of becoming a really skeezy businessman. Like you get that's what he's doing, but I actually like liked him. Like, I, like, not just as in, like, I like him as a good villain. Like, I don't know. He was charming to me. He was, his, his weird mannerisms were so weird. I could not help but be, like, drawn to him. So, like, his style, yeah, his style was very endearing. Like, not not endearing, but it was, it, it charmed me as well. Like, in a weird way that I wasn't expecting. Like, you know, the way a Joker can act is like, oh, you are kind of gravitated, gravitating towards his, whatever, his charisma. Mm -hmm. But this is a very different kind of version of that yeah i i think i would have maybe bought into him more if i knew what he was planning yeah or if i had any idea of what he right. was planning on doing yeah it, that's I, what, that was the weird thing is that it was so like it I, on the second viewing that's what i was like trying to focus on the most like okay i i must have missed this somewhere in terms of his motivation or reasoning or some sort of plan and it's not there like it's not and and part of me is like what the heck there's no plan this guy doesn't have a plan there's no like goal yeah and part of me is like that is that's dumb, but part of me is also like I don't know, I kind of like him more because of it. Like he he's not some maniacal like evil guy who's mm. like it just kind of falls he falls into it. Like just like it just kind of leads into him becoming this thing. Which, Actually, intentionally I, or not, if you want to be if you want to give the film benefit of the doubt, you could say it was intentionally, and that's what the idea of power is and more capital and like it just kind of like sure. leads into more of it. And actually, now, you know, it it does right? lead into his his eventual end, right? Where because yeah. he he reaches his own conclusion of wanting to rid himself of his powers. So yeah. it he he's deteriorating, he's spiraling out of control, he's losing his mind. He doesn't want his powers anymore, and his ultimate plan is to yeah is to rid himself of his powers um we can talk about the climax if you want now it doesn't make any sense um <laughs> i want to talk about it i have a lot of things to say. okay yeah um first of all did he face any kind of repercussions at the end of the movie no that's it i mean how did he he just like was back with the sun yeah <laughs> also i think's fine i've got to point out that wonder woman's big like come to Jesus triumphant moment during the finale when he's standing in the light tube is must have been written by the Kingdom Hearts writers because she's like <laughs> the truth is all we have because the truth yeah. is the light and the light inside of us <laughs> and and be- and it's and, beautiful and, and we are it is beautiful and the light is the truth I know now without a doubt I know now and light is the truth and like uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, she keeps saying things and I'm like I don't I don't know what you're saying Wonder Woman <laughs> I don't know what any, I don't know what any of this means. I don't know uh, what's happening. The truth is good, I suppose. You didn't need a paragraph to say that. <laughs> All you need is the truth, and the world was already truthful and beautiful because the because truth is beauty. <laughs> oh, I have a lasso on my foot. 
Um, yeah, I, I, the, the substance of what, like, or the, the words of what she's saying and that specific speech are just like, yeah, it, it felt like, like one of those, uh, you know, those memes of AI writing scripts and mm-hmm. almost felt yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say the, have you ever had a dream kid? Where he's just kind of, you know, you know, the, have you ever had a dream kid? You know that guy, right? Um, sounds familiar, I'm sure. You, you know, like, he's have you like ever rambling. had a dream that you could, that you could, that you were so, that you, and you were so, that you could, you you, you guys don't know that? Mm-mm. No, I don't know if I've seen that. I have to, what? How? Maybe I have, I don't remember. Oh, anyway, it's, that's what it felt like. I'll send it to you. Um, I, I will like it, though, that it didn't. It wasn't her punching Pedro Pascal. It wasn't her like using her gauntlet fist to blow him away. Like yeah. I, I, that's not a high bar, but I did think it was somewhat original for a big superhand, like a big end of world superhero movie. Didn't end with her punching her way to success. Um, and the way they shot some of that worked for me. In that, again, when she looks right at the camera, I could not help but feel somewhat like this is. She is talking to Americans before they vote on November 3rd, who everyone just wants wishes granted to them, and they're willing to believe and do anything because someone tells them they're going to grant their wishes. Again, I'm not going to get political, but I feel like those implications, even if it was ham-fisted and obvious, to me is like, yeah, someone needs to say that. And I'm yeah. fine. if it was Wonder Woman, I'm all for that. But also, like, the little sequence where it's, like, cutting to um, just, like, people's faces on, on on first viewing, I didn't like it. On second viewing, it actually worked really well for me. I don't know why, what what changed on that second viewing, but mm. it was a lot more effective for me. Just like this idea, of, it, it became a little bit more real in a film that had no reality <laughs> for most of it. All of a sudden, it felt a little bit more poignant because there was a touch of like, yeah, I don't know, a touch of like uh, authenticity in that in that. Obviously not in the moment of a giant blue <laughs> pillar of light sucking the world's energy or whatever was going on, but in terms of the the messaging, it it, it I don't know it it hit for me, and I fully recognize that it probably didn't and has no reason to hit for anyone <laughs> based on the context of what's happening. Right, so yes, based on the context of what's happening, correct. Um, however, I do agree with you that I think it was implied as a political message mm-hmm. and i think if there's any superhero that should be an advocate it's wonder woman right mm-hmm. yeah um especially in this day and age you know a strong woman and also a superhero whose ultimate you know power of truth right yeah, that's something exactly. we need right now we need truth um so yeah like you're saying not to get too political but i also feel like this movie it it could have been political or maybe not political, but at least had a strong advocacy for something a little more substantial. But mm-hmm. I think it backed away from any specifics, context, yeah. in addressing any of the political issues in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, 1984, like it's, again, I won't go dive into that too much, but I think there was an opportunity there to offer the audience some specifics about what was going on in the world. And have those issues addressed with this fictional scenario. Yeah, um, I mean, and they, they didn't do they, that, and I don't they, know why. They kind of, well, with you know Reagan and stuff. Yeah. And, but you're right; they didn't actually do any specific like they didn't. Um, yeah, and so there, I, I think whatever punch 
it could have had, it it did not. I think yeah. I think that they tried to ride the line because they didn't want to isolate anybody from this movie. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the people who would disagree with any message, they still want their money. So mm-hmm. they need to make it big enough so that they won't get it. Yeah. But the thing is that I, I feel like some of that stuff at the end especially was so obvious that I still think you're going to turn off those people. I don't think people who would disagree with that message watched this film and didn't see it. Well, I could be wrong. by that point, the movie's over. So, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They've already gone this far. Um, also, just a thought, like... Why did this film take place in the, I, I have an answer and I don't but I don't know if it's a good enough answer. Did this film need to be 1984? Did it need to play, take place in 1984? No. Right? Like I, I kind of appreciated in the restraint they showed in the 80s nostalgia stuff, right? There was like no 80s music by the way mm-hmm. in this whole movie, which was a shock That's I very thought curious. like um like did, yeah, did they not want to pay for the rights? Which the trailer was full of it. I was expecting exactly. at least the original score to be way more '80s, but it was much more like Superman. And yeah. and other than the opening mall heist and like Reagan and the little montage with Chris Pine, there's really not '80s ish stuff in this. Like the rest nope. of the film didn't need to be in the '80s, right? I mean, if you you're gonna, I mean? if you're going to put '84 in the title, then I think you need to do a little bit more with your your setting. <laughs> it needs to I would have liked a little bit more. I I think. I think the reason they did it is just because thematically, 80s, like that, it's, it's the age of excess in that era in American history or world history in general. But I feel like just speaking outside the film, I think honestly, we're still living in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I can yeah. see that. But I think they didn't go far enough. Like I, I wanted more. If that's the point they needed to, were trying to make, they didn't. It was not clear. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reaching for that as it is. Um, because yeah, it's. I don't think it's a reach. I think I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, again, it, you gotta, you gotta tiptoe around that stuff. You know. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta guess, tiptoe yeah. around that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're gonna risk turning off too many people. And yeah, you know, you're spending this much money on a movie, and now we're releasing it. To streaming and not theaters it's a yeah you gotta you know yeah. they gotta be careful with that stuff gosh money <laughs> uh, yeah money more why not have more like I, um, I like that kind of stuff i like that line like that what like what else encapsulates just unbridled you know whatever mm-hmm. is, then why not have more can you, Even if it's destroying the world. Can you wish for, uh, can you say, I wish for this and also for no negative repercussions whatsoever? <laughs> well, well, that's the other thing is, are we just assuming that not one person on Earth had a good wish? Right. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it, all it would take is one person saying, I wish for all the universe to be destroyed. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, yeah, or, well, I, I wish yeah, for I all wish the for universe to last forever and be prosperous and happy and peaceful. Now yeah, what? that's true. What Rock. happens when there's contradictory wishes? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought at first, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, is that the wishes, the first the first part of the film, it felt like the wishes were like more, uh, what's the word? Not not as magical. Like like the perfect example is the guy, the first wish. The, I wish I had a cup of coffee. And then there's someone with a cup of coffee. Right. Oh, or like when Pedro Pascal wishes for more people or there's people who are like, I came for this job, but they're not open. You know, like it's a, uh, how do I describe it? It's, it's not like a magical like, boom, things pop it's serendipitous. in. It's serendipitous, right? Mm. And these wishes are just like creating these serendipitous events. I thought that was a cool idea until all of a sudden it just is magically creating walls of 
dirt in the middle of Egypt. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you kind of lost it. And if you are doing walls of dirt again, why not just wish Chris Pine back as his own person? If you're making these right. nuclear missiles just appear out of thin air, why can't you make Chris Pine a theory out of thin air? Like, yeah. it, it just lost all consistency and got just confusing. Maybe the wall yeah. was used from dirt and earth that was previously holding up like a dam, and now it flooded a. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even understand what even was going on there. That guy wanted to be separate from Egypt. Yeah, or something? well, it's like he had his own personal baggage, political baggage that Pedro Pascal knew nothing about, and <laughs> uh, just said, "I want your oil," and then he doesn't have oil. Jokes on you, sucker. Okay, well, I want your um, security guards. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'll leave now. that's where the point like i said i like the third act of the film and i like it because at that point it goes so bonkers like it's just like so over the top it it comes full circle where i don't care if this doesn't make sense it's so weird like all of a sudden the world is just in chaos why it's before they even go to the white house and he takes over the world is already crazy yeah what is going on why is the world crazy all of a sudden (laughs) it's fine it's like fun. like she goes outside like when they both go outside her apartment and there's just like the the, the streets are already insane like what, what what has happened that has caused the world to go crazy it's just at that point the filmmakers are just like okay, this is the crazy but why they're crazy time okay <laughs> also yeah, it's I, I was confused like that, that was one part where i mentioned i had to rewind a couple times i had yeah. to rewind that uh, on that scene too because like wait why is everything crazy what happened what did i miss yeah that made everything cra- and i never got an answer to that one so th- this movie takes place before the majority of the dc universe movies does yeah. anybody remember this event incident occurring yeah well they i i don't know i mean right they had to <laughs> the world would, i mean isn't it an event what can how how would you describe what happened if you were just a random person like living in 1984 in wherever how would you describe to someone who wasn't there what happened I um i there was a guy on my tv screen <laughs> and i made a wish <laughs> And it came true, but it didn't come true. Like I don't like nothing even happened. But uh, it's just so. That's a weird. good summary for the whole movie. <laughs> a lot happened, also, there, and nothing happened. Yeah. There was there was a lot of like. There's the whole okay. They go. Pedro Pascal's in the office with the president, and again the weirdness of just like the president says okay, and like all of his underlings just immediately treat this guy as a messiah. Like that stuff is so like what is happening. Okay, that's fine. But but they have that whole scene, and then Wonder Woman and Chris come in and try to attack or uh, capture him or whatever. And there's this gigantic fight scene in the White House. And then Kristen Wiig comes, and they blah blah blah. And then they cut back to the president's office as if nothing has happened. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, I but did. it just like it was hilarious. It's like all like, did you guys not know there was a giant security risk with a giant fight scene with superheroes right outside the president's door? No, everything's fine. Okay. Yeah, I had a hard time enjoying that scene because I kept thinking about how much better the scene in X Men Two in the White House was. Oh like, yeah, it did. Oh, like yeah, the Secret Service are taking this seriously and actually trying to extract yeah. the president. And like, this is just a cartoon. <laughs> like, I don't. Nothing makes sense here. Um. Also, well, there's okay. I mean. I have so many like little silly things that are. I have a couple of silly things. Oh, too. I, I can't they're they're kind of nitpicky, but I definitely want to bring them up. Um, 
One, well, a million things, but okay. So there's what? What is the Arteria? What was the ancient Amazon warrior who was Asteria? Oh, Asteria. Uh, the original Wonder Woman. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, one woman. Um, Carter. Okay, so she has this powerful armor that prevents all of mankind from defeating her, or whatever the story is. Wonder Woman wears it and is destroyed by cat claws in like three minutes. Yep. <laughs> right. Wow, powerful armor. <laughs> it's just like they got some sheet aluminum from Home Depot. And <laughs> right, also um, she's always had it. Like Yeah, she yeah, but she just decided to wear she, it. Now she's had to wear it. Yeah. Also, if it were that powerful, then that also undermines the message of the movie that there's no shortcuts because <laughs> oh, I'll just put on my indestructible armor. Well, right. it wasn't indestructible, so I guess it doesn't. Under- hmm. Okay. Well, there's no there's no shortcuts except I have the power to turn things invisible whenever I want. Right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. no setup for and this. And then also fly. Right. For, for <laughs> She's like, I think I turned something invisible one time. I that's, I have another theory that that was a scene that was cut because just. You had to have set that up. How could you have not? All you needed right. was a line earlier in the film. It's simple. It's some, uh, like she's reaching for a coffee cup and it actually t- accidentally turns invisible. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Instead of but, having her read the li- this read this line in the script that I turned something invisible. Yeah, just read it. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if you showed it? Now nah, you're just gonna tell you're just gonna tell Chris Pine about it. Like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I have my draft. Oh, we have the scene where she turns the plane invisible. Okay, I need to make sure to set this up in a previous scene. That's all, right? That's that's like basic first draft review editors you give to people. Like, I, I feel like they had to film that scene and it got cut because it's just so yeah, it's very weird, creepy. and it's such a big moment in the movie. It's the yeah. it's the Titanic Jack I'm flying scene. <laughs> um, it like and there's just a throwaway line. Yeah, I I think I might have turned something invisible once. <laughs> I bet I could do it again. Oh. Why not? Let's talk about let's talk about that scene just a little bit more. So let's let's talk about why they're in that plane. Can can we talk about that? I would love to. The the fully functional jet that is in a museum on a runway. Yeah, and that Chris Pine knows how to fly. Um, uh, after fifty years of aviation evolution, but no, let's talk about why they're actually there. The reason they are stealing a jet, which. Okay, we'll ignore the ethics of that. Um, is because Chris Pine doesn't have a passport. But the funny thing is that it might not even be true because there's probably a good chance that that guy who he has killed and has is now a having a body has a passport. So they and, were and just the, too lazy to not check to see if that guy had a passport. It's easier to steal a jet. And and like, okay, Deanna, why does he need to come with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can go, go take care of your business. Chris Pine's obviously entertaining himself in 1984 America. He's very self, you know, he can entertain himself. (laughs) Why would you take him there and put him in danger? (laughs) And he doesn't do anything there either. She hasn't seen him in a long time. She missed him. Oh, okay. She wants to spend time with him. That's the best answer I have. He doesn't do anything in Egypt. Like, Nothing in Egypt. Like, again, I love Chris Pine, so I get it. They just yeah. want to shove Chris Pine everywhere. But there's, like, come up with a better reason to get him there. If he, like, I don't know. Also, when they're in Egypt, the entirety of Egypt, they are just driving on the road and they see Pedro Pascal drive. <laughs> there he is! <laughs> Got him. Like, e- so, like okay. Egypt is just a small town. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just a little village. 
yeah, also, that I, ki- those kids that she saved at the end of that action scene, they dead when she like oh, oh, grabs him in air and then she like gets shot out of the air or whatever and just like lands and crushes him. It reminds me of, of, of the indie being in the fridge when he gets nuked. Because it's <laughs> yeah. like, there's no way that didn't shatter every one of their bones. But, <laughs> right. okay. Or- it's it's also like the scene in Shazam when Shazam catches the bus and Shazam's only oh, yeah. six to seven feet tall, sparing them that amount of distance <laughs> yeah. to extra fall. They're still going to all die if they're going to die by hitting the ground. That's not going to make a difference. <laughs> but the human hand is so soft. Um, uh, but what let's, else? Nitpicking. Let's just let's just point this out real quick. It's just, it's a it's a, a nitpicky thing, but the world ends in. Okay, one. The, the whole movie takes place without Deanna's intervention if she doesn't work at the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. Good thing yeah. she works there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, also, this is something I didn't catch on this until the same minute. So, Pedro Pascal, though, he was going to get. No, I think it. I, I think it might have taken place because. Well, I, I'm just saying, Pedro Pascal, he ordered that stone, right? And it got stolen. That's why... Something right? like that, yeah. Because he like was that, the one that was tracking it down. He knew He was the it. one who was tracking it down, and the plan was for him to... He was he got it through that back black market jewel thing, but then those guys stole it, which was not part of the plan, and then it got possessed by the FBI, whereas he was just hoping to get it, and then he had to figure out a way to get it from that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was like really convoluted and weird. Um, also, yeah, well, we talked about it. So she is known, or, or in in DC um, world, 2016, Batman versus Superman, or whatever year that came out, 2014, 12. No one knows who she is, but she's been on like all this security footage. Yeah, she, all these she, kids. She's, she's never bothered to hide herself. She wears the most like, like, like conspicuous outfit you could possibly wear if you're trying to stay undercover like (laughs) and does she like have speed powers because it like shows her early on where she's like oh there's a flash no one saw her like is is she super fast is that one of her powers she must be a jedi she's super fast when the plot calls for her yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i was gonna ask you guys is that why she gives that kid the little shh yeah i think it's them like Acting as if, like, oh, that's why no one knows who she is. Cause but she has her face exposed, and there's hundreds of people at the mall. Yeah, but she's just that one kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> um, okay, one thing I want to bring up is, okay, there's a scene early, maybe beginning of the second act, when Pedro's starting his rampage. Just mm-hmm. He's just started it. And he meets with his son, right? Alistair yeah. or whatever. And, and the kid... Do you remember the scene where he wishes? Yeah, that's a good point okay. because I was curious. Like, yes, what I'm that very mean? curious about this too. So let's let me just play it out real quick. So he says, like, what do you wish for? And the kid wishes for his father to be kind. And there's a moment where Pedro says, "Is like, no, don't wish for that. That's like the you. That's but but then he's seized by this moment of tranquility, and then hugs his son. And that and that's the um, image that I've I've sent to you guys. Well. Is, okay, so this, I don't remember, so what I remember is that 
he's talking with his son and he goes what and at first his son is about to say i wish to be with you and then he's like no no no, no don't touch me you can't wish for that because you could have that anytime you gotta wish for something special oh yeah okay right and so then he hugs him and then i i think he says i wish for he says like because if i'm great then you're great or something like that and so then the son goes okay well then i wish for you to be great I think he says great, not kind, but I could be wrong there. Mm. I'm going to rewatch that scene because I thought he wished for him to be kind. I think Sean's right on this one. Oh, but I... Regardless, I still don't know how it matters because right. like, and then he looks huh. kind of disappointed. Like Pedro Pascal goes, yeah, oh, but, and, and so on the second viewing, on the first viewing, I was confused by that. And the second viewing, I thought, okay, does that, when he says, I wish for you to be great, just assuming that he did say great, maybe if he didn't, if he said kind or whatever, but does that, is that why like everyone treats him special? You know what I mean? Like, is that what the film is trying to like attempt to explain why everyone treats like this president is allowed to see him and like, just is what wants to see him. I guess. I guess I that that, that, right. that moment though but i had the same thought that scene is so weird because that implication of his son's wish never seems to do anything yeah that's what and, I, well i mean that was essentially my same conclusion like what yeah how whether it's great anything? or kind or whatever and it seems like it's an important scene right like that seems like right. a pivotal his son wish and it's a the connection the relationship they have is at the heart of that character right and so his son wish would be important but i never understood how it affected anything no, I don't, I don't think it did, and that's the thing is I think that the movie felt unconcerned by those type of things. Like it, yeah. it, you know, it, it knew what it wanted to do, and it came up with things so that the plot could get there, but like they didn't bother about the implications. They it was fine. They didn't care. Like I, I, that's and that's why it's such a mess by the end of it. That's why I think halfway through the movie I started going, oh, I don't. This is kind of falling apart here. We're introducing too many concepts and not following up on them. So yeah. Yeah, it was, like I said, there's so many weird, weird good stuff that I like, but then weird stuff that is just confusing and just like, why don't understand this at all? I don't know what this is supposed to mean or why it's there. And Kristen Wiig is a cat person. <laughs> she should have been in cats. <laughs> I guess being an apex, like, I want to be a cheetah. <laughs> because she said, I like your, your cheetah. Skirt, I know, skirt. that's all that, they didn't need to and make then, her a cat person, just have her wear cheetah print stuff in the final fight. Yeah, what, and then she looks why like does she need to be a cat person at one point, so the stone saw what was a, in her heart. And then she was electrocuted, but she's okay. She's gotta be okay. She's yeah, electrocuted she's and Wonder Woman is electrocuted, but I guess Wonder Woman is just immortal, so it's okay. Well, also, Cheetah wanted to be like Wonder Woman, so I guess she got her powers, so... She's... So they're both okay. They're both okay. Yeah, I guess... She just ran off at the end. <laughs> and looked at the sunset. Yeah, she just ran away. She'll be back. You know what happens when uh, Cheetah is struck by lightning? <laughs> Same thing to everything else. Same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> Got it. That's correct, correct answer. Got it. Second X Men Two reference. Uh, that, oh, 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 right. oh that, wait, is that X Men One? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Dang, it's X Men One. Toad. Yeah. Um. Uh, I felt like there's one or two more nitpicky things, but I don't remember. Well, I think. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. my my biggest nitpicky thing, I guess, it's nitpicky, is that so at the end of the film, Pager, his ultimate goal is to rid himself of his powers, which is the same objective as Deanna's. Mm. Mm-hmm. I guess. 
Yeah, right? Uh, well, I don't know if he wants to rid himself of his powers as much as not have the side effects of the powers, right? Well, according to Wikipedia's synopsis, it says rid him of these powers. Oh, well, I, from watching the film, I get the sense more that he just, because the, his powers were taking its toll and, like, I, the idea being, I guess, it was turning him to a stone slowly. Every time someone wished, it made him more stone-like, so his internal organs were suffering. And also, like, the effect, like, when his eye had that blood vessel in his eye, that was cool. Like, that stuff was great. It was so weird and, patri- like, that stuff. I love yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that was stuff. good. Um, but, but it was, but yeah, so I guess he was having his organs fit, like, he was, he was getting weaker and his power was drained because he was, I don't know what happened. He was turning into a stone, like literally, I guess. I don't know. And so he just wanted to not have those symptoms. Like he's like, I'll wish for, I'll use people's wishes to turn me in, to give me new organs and make me immortal or, you know, make me. Again, if I knew what his plan was, yeah, that's what I'm I, saying. Like it's confused. I don't know what, if that is what it is. Okay. I'll accept that. But the movie needs to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it took me a while to even, like, I, I always have to remember, too, like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, not who is this guy, but, like, because, you know, watching it from the beginning, it's, oh, he's like an oil tycoon, I guess, or something. I thought it was realist. Uh, maybe it was oil. Well, he's, like, looking through oil magazines, and he's, he has, like, that funny. presentation where he's like, look at all these oil rigs that they're, they're going to hit any moment. And then the boss man or, I don't know, whoever that other guy is. Who is that other guy supposed to be? Is it his boss? I don't know. He's like, you're a loser. You're the blah, 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 loser. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, quite a mess. Quite a mess. Yeah, it's just messy all over. I, I, I still can't deny that I the parts that I liked. I really liked. No, them. I, I don't know. I, just the weirdness of it. I mean, even even the stuff that shouldn't probably that can, that probably should be more cheese than anything. Like when she is lassoing lightning. I like that. I think it could have been set up but i think the pacing of when that scene appeared could have been better i don't well i don't know it wasn't too bad but like those kind of things i even like that like visually is kind of cool and just like as a it's a very i don't know you know I, so weird again <laughs> i loved seeing her use the uh the lasso so much in this movie I, yeah i, I like I that a lot yeah while i was watching it that i would love to see rocksteady do a wonder woman game after they're done with the batman stuff and mm. basically all you'd have to do is reskin catwoman from Arkham city and you would that be one of them. I mean, yeah. it, it just have the mechanic work the same. I would love to just swing around DC with the lasso of truth and fly the invisible jet and stuff. Like, it, 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 yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, and can Wonder Woman fly? Is that a thing that she could do? I don't think she ever flew. I think she was just always uh, to borrow a Toy Story quote, falling with style. Okay. <laughs> I think. I mean, every time she descended she would lasso onto something so i don't think she can i don't know if she's ever been able to play i mean it's not that big. I, I i'm not like i don't think it's a i just didn't know that was a thing if she could do it i mean not that this matters at all but in justice league they even like have to have someone pick her up mm-hmm. right when like i don't think she's flying around with the rest of well, them. She, she learned to fly but then she forgot how to fly <laughs> She made a she made a wish on Chris another Pines. magic rock. Well, she has the. I mean, it. she has the invisible jet in all the comics. So if she could fly, why would she have the jet? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I get that was my point. Is just like, that, well, does she have the jet now? Oh, this other thing too is okay. So they have this beautiful takeoff of invisible jet flying through fireworks. 
that just cut to them in Egypt in a jeep or whatever. Like, how did they land in Egypt? Did they get clearance? Is it invisible jet parked somewhere in the middle of Egypt now? Like, these are stupid. I can't really fault the film for it. But they made such a big deal of getting this jet and then cut to, wait a second, all that baggage that you had us... All this tension and stuff that you, that you movie, you move, you're the one who gave this tension to us about getting this plane. And now you are saying it's not important anymore. Was well, it important or not? It's important to people this... who know Wonder Woman and go, where, when's she going to get the invisible jet? I mean, come on. <laughs> we we know that that's that. the answer. I mean, come on. We, let's be honest with ourselves. That's why. Like, okay, we did yeah, the yeah. thing. Moving on with the plot. <laughs> it was worth it. Was it? <laughs> All right. Um, any other thoughts? I think I'm tapped out. I think that you both covered a lot of the goofy nitpicks that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel, yeah, it was a fun time. I had an, I had a fun time with it, but I don't think I'd ever revisit this one. Whereas I, I definitely would revisit the first one. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't so long, I, I think the other thing too is it, it just, too long it, eh. yeah it, it would have been so much more palette like I, I think maybe i like it more than the first one but the first one's definitely a better film mm-hmm. i think if that makes any sense and so i think that kind of sums up my feelings there's just there's just so much unique weirdness about it that i can't help but like a lot about it even if it's you know performance based and stuff but the the script just is a mess the, the film is a mess <laughs> um what a yeah. mess. Well, hope, let's hope that Patty Jenkins, when she directs her uh, Star Wars movie, she doesn't also write, yeah. write it. Yeah, they didn't announce who's writing that, so I'm... I will say a small, small, minor other little note. So, we talked a little bit about, like, how I think I felt it sometimes they were, ta- they were pointedly commenting on things with, especially, like, the Kristen Wiig being harassed and, mm-hmm. like, how people are treating, like, every, she's constantly, Wonder Woman 2 is constantly just being harassed by people, not harassed, but hit on by people, and they're always turning, they're gaslighting them all the time. What, I'm just helping. Oh, you're mean. Like, by that, mm-hmm. right? I think, yeah. Like, okay, that's, I like that stuff. I actually, I like yeah, that I stuff. Too. I thought it was cool. That was all good, yeah. That was- yeah, and I even liked how, and, and this was true for the first one, but I felt, especially in this one, I really appreciated that it was a woman director that there was no, like for Gal Gadot, who was obviously a very, very attractive, hot person. uh, There was no male gaziness in this film, at least not really. I mean, I'm obviously biased as a male, but to me, there was no like over-sexualized male gaze lingering shots on Wonder Woman. She's obviously a beautiful person. And so anytime she's on screen, but it's not, from it, it to me, it never came across as male gaze, well, I, and I thought that's cool. I think there maybe is a little bit, but I think that's the little bit is just the amount that's baked into society. But I mean, if you watch something like Justice League, it's all over the place. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, so that's compar- my point. It's like compared to that, yeah. like I really, I really noticed it in this, and I like I I appreciated that. I was like, oh, I'm so glad. That it's a woman director because mm-hmm. yeah. it would have been I felt way more gratuitous. Yeah, it, it had it not been. I, I agree. I did, and that is something that I that crossed my mind at some point. Um, I would have liked a little bit more of that flavor, but um, yeah, it's there, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Just wanted to add that last bit. Good. Uh, Good addition. Cool. All right, we did it. We we did the we did the we did the we reviewed Soul and Wonder Woman. And... Okay. Well, now that we rec- reviewed both, 
What did you like more? If you liked either of them at all. If you liked either of them at all. I mean, I like Soul more. <laughs> yeah, I like Soul way more. <laughs> like, not even close. I'm still trying to figure it out, to be honest. <laughs> and I, I wish I didn't have that standpoint, but I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I will say, I think at least Soul's a better movie. I, I I'll say that. Have to I will agree with that. that. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out which one I enjoyed more. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, where does it fit for me? It's probably like I said. I like it probably more than most, and I don't like a lot of. But it it's probably after um, uh, Shazam. I might have, in terms of what I liked. Yeah, I don't know. It's up there though. It's right around Birds of Prey. Wonder the first Wonder Woman. I think Shazam's still my favorite, but it's it's above. Obviously, all the Supermans and Batman, yeah, versus Supermans. Sh- and... Shazam is still the top for me. Then I would put one, the first Wonder Woman, and then go down a bit, and then I would put this one, and then yeah, everything, and then everything else. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. Um, I'm, my, the verdict's still out for me. I'm waiting for the Snyder Cut to make my final. Oh yeah, it's going to change everything. Can oh, we? Yeah. Do we have to rank each episode of the four-part Snyder Cut separately? Yes, and then you have to rank that whole thing compared to the other. Yeah, the but beaded. so two different rankings: one where you think yes. of it as a single entity and you rank it compared to the other movies, and then another ranking separately where you split it up into four and you rank all of those against all the different movies. And um, this is stupid and pointless. Let's end the. And episode. then we go all kill ourselves. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of uh, After the Credits, Yum Chunks Podcast. If you haven't listened to our episode about Soul, it's up now. Go check it out. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time, which is... Who yeah, knows? what are we going to be talking about? I don't know. Are we doing a Chunkies this year? There was, like, nothing this year. I'm kind of ex- I'm kind of just interested to see what the nominees are like. What is even going to be up for awards? Oh, like for the Oscars yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, stay tuned to be determined. We'll figure out what's up next. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe the world will get better and we can start going to the movies again. Maybe a Marvel. Well, movie. oh, you know what we can maybe do is um, WandaVision and mm. WandaVision. Is WandaVision going to be dropped all at once, or is it going to be every week oh, like Mandalorian? Yeah, or does any, I guess Disney Plus does anybody does... know? Weekly, I don't. No, I don't know. No one knows. I'm I'm gonna put my money on it every week. I'm gonna also yeah, do that, but I would be down to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to think of I big releases. We, I mean, January is already kind of pretty bad without a pandemic. So. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, the last time we reviewed anything from Marvel, half the review was us talking about how fatigued we are from Marvel, and now we're all kind of starved for it. So yeah. I think we, I think yeah. we ought to, I think we ought to look at it. So yeah, all right, well. Um, invisible jet away. I don't know who who else has That's a better. Sh- Does she have a catchphrase? Does she have a go go? Yeah, it's, tr- it's, it's, it's that was her catchphrase. It's, you didn't hear it in the movie. The, she said it. It was it was the, her little monologue at the end of the movie. The truth is <laughs> the truth is the light, and the light is good, and that's that's in the comics. You guys, don't the know truth right? is beautiful as it is. That's the like the world. Power which of is the blade. <laughs> good night, everyone. Well, Does she have a sword in the first one? What? What happened to her sword? Oh yeah. Bye everyone. (laughs) (laughs) This has been After the Credits. A Young Chunks podcast.